got to do it himself. Thomas, shake, crossover, step back. And DeBrosa, young, safe, and Washington wins it. Taking nobody home, picked off by Miller, goes ahead, lanes on the other wing. He finds oh! Welcome back for another On the Line, a college basketball podcast episode. I'm joined, by always, by Ben. Ben, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Ben. I thought I should let the people know a little bit of the agenda for tonight. Um, you know, Ben and I, were on a, it's March. We know what that means. We're really excited for spring training baseball, obviously. And we're going to break down the top 150 players uh, for fantasy baseball this upcoming season, you know. We're really excited about it. We've been in the thick of things with uh, college basketball, so we're really looking forward to breaking down some baseball. Um, no, obviously that's a joke. Uh, there will never be any baseball again. Baseball's dead. But you know what's not dead? College basketball. And it is March, which means one thing and one thing only. Ben, how are you doing with your gambling? And how are we doing with the NCAA tournament, and more importantly, the conference tournaments. How are we out there? You know what it means whenever it's March. That means we're not sleeping till May. We aren't. We are not sleeping till May. And also, uh, you know, a lot of people, they get to March, Ben, and they immediately go, all right, NCAA tournament, it's bracket time. But you, you just got to enjoy, you got to enjoy March and what that means overall. Because March brings regular season finishes just like any other because the teams are now playing essentially for the regular season title. And and it does mean something, right? I mean, you have the great moment last night with Wisconsin and Purdue phenomenal game, but you're also getting other great moments across the nation, like Towson cutting down the nets, winning the colonial for the first time since God only knows when, their coach took over the program and, and lost his first 22 games. So March is more than the NCAA tournament. And we're here to walk you through the process because March is a process and it's a marathon, baby. We just got done Mardi Gras and we're right back into another marathon and it is March and it is college basketball. This is it, baby. I'm so excited. You know, what signified March to me was today. There was afternoon and mid-morning basketball, and that's what always signifies March to me. We get the conference tournaments, and we get 
start to have some mid-morning afternoon basketball. We had a 10:30 tip this morning. We have an 11:30 tip tomorrow. So uh that's that's my favorite thing. Gives you something to do in the middle of the day to keep an eye on. There was a incredible finish today in the early game between uh Radford and Charleston Southern. And just just a great game all around. But um tip and buzzer beater baby. Let's go. But yeah, so conference tournaments have started. The smaller conferences have started today, tomorrow, and Saturday, or Wednesday through Saturday. They'll all get going. Pretty much all the smaller conferences that you think of in the major conferences will come next weekend or next the end of next week. And so, yeah, I mean, this signifies March as the conference tournaments through the first weekend is the best time in college basketball, arguably best time in sports. Yeah, and before we get into the weeds of March. We did want to talk about the LSU game tonight. Um, we don't want to talk too much about it. I will get very irate if we talk too much about it. Yeah, uh, we'll, uh, we'll go off the tangent. So hey, I, I, I defer to you. I want you to go first. Well, first of all, after the way they played that second half against Kentucky, and then, you know, they played Missouri and they played hard and whatever it was, Missouri. I was very proud of them, how they came out in this game, their mentality, how they fought hard in this game, how they never backed down, even when the momentum didn't seem to go their way. And it's just very encouraging going into March. I know a lot of people are probably disappointed with the outcome of this game, and I am too, but it was just good to see them get back to the way they were playing earlier in the season, you know? And there was a lot of things that overcome this game. There was bad officiating that seems to play college basketball throughout. And, you know, there was foul trouble and not shooting well, all sorts of things. And yet they fought it out to the end. Some unfortunate things happened at the end, which made you lose the game. But um, I'm just I'm just proud of the effort they gave. I think if you continue with that effort, you'll play better. And I really do think I have this theory that I have no way to prove, but I think the refs start to swallow the whistle in the NCAA tournament. And I think that will benefit teams like LSU and teams like Texas and teams like San Diego State who play very, very physical defense. I think that will help them a lot uh, come tournament time because it does get more physical in the NCAA tournament. So, you know, I, I after the Kentucky game, I kind of thought that LSU's best basketball was behind it, but this is very encouraging to see. I thought Xavier Pinson played really, really well. He didn't shoot the ball that well. He didn't make a three-pointer. I think he went 0-5 or 0-6. But he played really tough. You know, we're at our best whenever the offense goes through X and he gets his mismatches and he drives the lane and dishes out and uh, stuff like that. I thought Darius played excellent. I was all over the boards. Really drove the ball inside, hit some good three-pointers. Tari was unbelievable on the offensive end. He also made some plays in the press and got some steals. He did have some questionable fouls and then some also dumb fouls that he definitely did commit and caused them to foul out of the game when they really needed him at the end. But all around, I thought it was a really, really good effort on both sides of the floor. I mean, Arkansas is a hell of a team, and that's a dangerous, dangerous building to go into. And after the first two possessions, I kind of thought we were going to run out by halftime. I mean, they hit the, they hit the mid-range shot and they hit a 32-footer and we had two terrible possessions. I thought it was going to go really badly after that. But every time it seemed like Arkansas was going to pull away or the momentum was going to go the other way, LSU did something to keep themselves in it. And I was proud of them tonight. I think 
I think a lot of people are going to be frustrated after this, but I think this should be encouraging if you're an LSU fan going forward, and hopefully they can build on that effort uh, Saturday against Alabama. I, I offer similar sentiment. I felt that this was a performance that, honestly, you should be proud of if you're an LSU fan or if you're an LSU player because they brought the effort. Um, so often I talk about, and Ben definitely talks about it too, but the the muck aspect of LSU basketball and the offensive rebounds, and that's really been the identity of LSU basketball over the last three, four years under Will Wade. When you look at Emmett Williams, Darius Days, Nas Reed even, Marlon Taylor on the putbacks, and pretty much how LSU was built was via the offensive rebounds, really. And it was create chances and crash the boards and, and get garbage baskets. In some ways, that's sustainable because it takes you to bring your effort every single night. In other ways, it's not sustainable because it requires you to bring effort every single night. And I was just blown away at the effort that LSU brought tonight in a hostile environment. They had, I think they had 20 plus offensive rebounds tonight. They were crashing the board. I want to give a special shout out to two players in particular. First one is Tari Eason. I, I love Tari Eason. I think Tari Eason's a great player. I personally think he is a worth the lottery pick. Ben Ben is a little bit uh, skeptical on him. I I love Tari. I I have been on record though in saying that Tari's biggest weakness this year ha- has been his lack of rebounding at times. He really picks and chooses when he rebounds. So I have to give him credit when he does rebound outstandingly, and that's what he did tonight. He really crashed the boards offensively. And he was he was a focal point of the offense. He had 24. Unfortunately, he fouled out on some stupid fouls and some really horrible fouls from officials as well. So, it, you know, it's some of the same there. But overall, unbelievable performance from him. And the second guy I want to give a shout out to is Efton Reed. I, I think a lot of people are going to say, why are you shouting on Efton Reed? But Ben mentioned this on the last pod. Efton Reed is who he is at this point, and it's it's kind of insane to expect anything different from him. There are certain traits of the game he hasn't developed, whether that's going up strong after rebounds or even getting the rebounds in the first place with two hands. And instead of getting frustrated that he can't do that, he's now starting to find other ways to get involved rebounding the basketball without actually rebounding the basketball. And he had a few crucial tip outs and really causing loose possessions, which is huge because three pointers off those loose possessions are huge. They're, they're more easy to make, you know, because you're just wide open defense is scrambling. You can get in rhythm pretty easily there. That's, that's where a lot of baskets come from, especially three pointers, which is really pivotal for this LSU offense because we've seen they don't really create much in the half court set. I I feel I feel that we should be encouraged though. Ultimately, Ben, I, I really like this performance. I thought it was solid. The one thing I would be a little hesitant of would just be the fouls, and it's 
it's just the double-edged sword of this LSU team. It's the way they play. They're a very physical team, and sometimes they commit very stupid fouls, whether that's not getting back on transition especially, or the charges, which I, I, I'm not even going to say that's a stupid foul. That's just that's college basketball officiating at its peak, right? But if if they – get a friendly draw with the officials. I, I really think they can beat anyone in the country. Like, and if they get a favorable seed, they can be, they can make a little run and, and beat a few teams and, you know, maybe get, hang up a sweet 16 or an elite eight banner and have a pretty successful season. I really don't think that's out of the question. Uh, now the thing is you could, you could say that about 32 teams, Ben, maybe 40 say that about a lot of teams this year i think so but uh i i'd like to echo your sentiments on efton i think i've been very frustrated with him this year and not happy with him the last two games or the kentucky and the arkansas game because those were you know boilerplate games those were high intensity games and i don't think he backed down either of those games i thought that he fought really well to shibway I thought he fought really hard tonight. He got some nice tap tap outs. He really fought on defense. I mean, he did have a couple stupid fouls here and there, but I really just think that comes with being a freshman in the SEC. I mean, people don't want to don't want to give him that credit, but if we look at somebody like Walker Kessler, even last season in the ACC, he kind of struggled with sort of the same things in terms of physicality of the game and the pace of the game, and he's blossomed this year at Auburn. So. I'm not ready to completely give up on Efton, and I'm very encouraged by what we've seen progressing the last couple of games, and I think that if he can just continue to bring the fight and the physicality and the effort, that he can be a major plus to this team. Yeah, I mean, he, he's improving during the season. It's not like he's just kind of been status quo. This was by far, in my opinion, his best game against a big-time SEC opponent. Now, I don't know if that's me saying that because my expectations have changed, so maybe I view him through a different lens, perhaps, but I I, I thought he was pretty functional tonight, and he was he was a valued, valued asset for us, so good on him. Ben, it's time, though. Let's get into it. Conference tournament odds yeah, we've been looking at this week. I put out a couple picks on on the Twitter sphere, and uh, I think I think the first one we're gonna look at here is the Atlantic Sun. I think Casey and I have been enamored with the Atlantic Sun the whole season. Kind of started with Liberty, and we kind of thought that they were gonna run away with this conference. And as the year progressed, we've really kind of fallen in love with these other teams like Jacksonville State and Jacksonville and FGC FGCU. And teams like that. And I think it's be a very, very, very interesting conference tournament. Tomorrow we have the quarterfinals. We have Central Arkansas and Jacksonville squaring off. Kennesaw and Jacksonville State. FGCU and Bellarmine should be a heck of a game. And then Lipscomb and Liberty. Those are all going to be on campus at the higher seeds. So, I mean, we're going to go over a pick to win each conference and then what I, we actually think is the best value from a gambling perspective. And the more I looked at this, I just don't know if I completely trust Liberty. I think there's some teams in this conference tournament that are going to be more physical and that their, t- their style of play is going to be more suited to playing multiple games over multiple days. 
And so I went with Jacksonville State as my pick. I just think throughout the year that they've been the most consistent on both ends of the floor. You know, somebody like Jacksonville, who is my value pick at plus a thousand, which I can't believe I already put it out at plus 500 and I took the plus a thousand as well. Someone like Jacksonville has had the best defense in the league, but has struggled on offense in times. And I just feel like Jacksonville State has really put it together on both ends the most times this year. And, you know, they've beaten these these top four seeds the most times, and they've had really good results. The last time they played Liberty, they won by 10 points at Liberty. You know, they beat Bellarmine by five at home last time. They beat FGCU by eight last time, and they got a win over Jacksonville uh, towards the end of the season. So I just think they're kind of the hot hand going into the tournament, and the team I trust the most to put out consistent performances. But Jacksonville, I think, if you're looking at it from a betting angle, Jacksonville State is, I want to say, close to even or plus 170 or something like that. But Jacksonville at plus 1,000, I think it's just incredible odds because once you get past Jacksonville State and Liberty, who I don't think are overwhelming at all, I think Jacksonville, FGCU, and Bellarmine all have good chances too. And I just, again, I just trust Jacksonville the most of those other three teams to put together consistent performances and specifically play defense. Bellarmine and FGCU are kind of relying on their offense and their shooters. So I, I just lean defense in some of these conference tournaments. I think, I think it, it travels the best. It, it goes to any gym in the country. And so the Dolphins at plus a thousand is going to be my value pick. I love it. I'm going to treat this a little bit like a draft and just kind of not take Jacksonville state, but I do, I do echo your sentiment with Jacksonville state. Um, They, they do, they do it on both ends of the court. Whereas Liberty is a little bit more reliant on one player and Darius McGee and also just shooting. They are a great defensive team, but they don't really bring in as consistently as Jacksonville state. So, I would say, you know, look look at Liberty to win it all or look at Jacksonville State. I would probably bet both of them individually as opposed to betting them to win the tournament. In terms of value play, I 100% agree with Jacksonville at plus 1,000. The team I'm looking at, though, is FGCU with, with uh, plus 200. And the reason is it, it really boils down plus to Tevin 12. Brown. Plus twelve hundred. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Good lord, I don't dislike the moment. Yes, plus twelve hundred. Um, it, it really boils down to Tevin Brown. He's someone that I could easily see getting it to go from the outside and potentially carrying this team. Uh, so I, I like them. Also, something something Ben didn't do, but I'm gonna do is I'm gonna provide a you know watch score. There, there's a lot of conference tournaments. You want to, you want to, you know, spend your time wisely and allocate your time wisely. I completely understand that. So I, I'd give this like a seven and a half. I think this is going to be a really fun tournament. Another team that we didn't really talk about was Bellarmine. A little bit about Bellarmine. They don't dribble the basketball. It's exclusively passing and just cutting. It's really fun to watch. It's, it's a great brand of basketball. I, I love their program. I love their coach. Uh, Tyler Penn, the point guard, extremely unselfish player, and and he's been great. So they're they're another fun team to watch. But this is going to be a really great conference tournament, and I would definitely at least watch from the semis on. Uh, you know, try to try to even catch these these couple of games because FGCU is a really fun 
fun uh, team to watch with Tavian Dunn Martin and Kevin Samuel on the inside. I would give this a nine. I think you're underselling this tournament. I think this is probably one of the most fun and open tournaments we're going to have. And I think what puts it over the top is the campus games. I love the campus games in the quarterfinals. I want to say they're switching for the final, but I'm not even sure. I think it might be campus games throughout. I love the idea of the campus games for these smaller schools, just giving them more opportunities for home games and bigger atmospheres because some of these smaller schools aren't going to have necessarily the fan base backing and they probably won't travel to, you know, neutral sites if they're far away for the conference tournament. So I love the campus game. So I'm going with a nine for the A-Sun. Yeah, I, I probably was a little too low. I, I'm going to change my score to an eight. Uh, and I also want to give give an apology to Tavian Dunmartin. I, it's been a long day. I got him confused with uh, Tevin Brown from Murray State a little bit. But, uh, yeah, no, Tavian Dunmartin, he's a 5'9 guard for FGCU, and he will shoot the ball from literally anywhere on the basketball court. Like the second he crosses half court, he's he's thinking about shooting it. And then Kevin Samuels, a seven footer inside, and he's an absolute brute force. So definitely a fun tournament to watch. On to the SoCon, a conference that I mean, you, you got to take it first, Ben. This is this is your conference. You This is your baby. Yeah. Last year, I think this is probably my favorite conference in the country. This year, I'm a little bit less enamored with it. I'm not sure that any of these teams can really make noise in March. I mean, Chattanooga had been great all year until recently. They fell off a little bit. And so, you know, I think I'm still going to go with Chattanooga to win this tournament. I still think that they just have enough scoring uh, on offense to, to get it done in some of these games. But there's a lot of intriguing spots. I think, I think Furman who's the favorite. I think Furman and Chattanooga will end up playing each other in the championship. It'd be a great game. And then you have teams like Wofford and UNC Greensboro who are interesting for very different reasons. Wofford more for offensive firepower can really get it going and maybe get hot in a couple of games. And then UNC Greensboro, who's really put in a lot of great defensive performances specifically in conference this year. And that's going to be my value pick, UNC Greensboro, plus 1,500. I just lean defense. I think when it goes to these conference tournaments, and you, I've seen a lot more of it from UNC Greensboro than even teams like Furman or Chattanooga, I think. So I'm going to go with UNC Greensboro at plus 1,500. A, a watchability score, I would say, on this would probably be about a 7. I, I think it will end up being Furman and Chattanooga. But uh, I think teams like UNCG and Wofford have a slight chance to move on. I actually like UNCG to win it. I'm going to take them at plus 800. Um, the, the, the odds are all over the place. What, what did you say you saw UNCG at? I'm seeing plus 1500. The odds are nuts. The odds are all over yeah, the place. Yeah, please, please shop around. Shop yeah, around. You have to shop term. around. I've seen Texas State from plus 210 to plus 430. Jacksonville was plus 500 on one book and plus 1,000 on another. So if you're looking to bet on some of these, you must shop around because obviously there's no consensus on who should be the favorite and second and third favorite for some of these tournaments. Yeah, but I would definitely shop around and and find the best number you can get UNCG at. I I get it. Chattanooga's been good and so is Furman, but 
UNC's G's got the experience, and Wes Miller's a hell of a coach. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a big-time job this this offseason or next offseason. UNCG's going to pull off this massive upset here. So they're my best play, and they're my pick. All right, sounds good. All right, so the next one's going to be the Sun Belt, a conference that I think has been down this year from what they've been in the past couple years. You know, teams like ULL and uh, Georgia State, even though they've been really good this year, just haven't been up to par with how they've been in the past in my eyes, especially a team like ULL having a really down year as a program. But I think Texas State has kind of been the team that I've liked in this conference throughout the year. You know, we saw them play at LSU. I was pretty impressed by the performance they put on, thought they had really good guard play. And then they kind of just started the year in a lull. But, you know, they come into this game and riding a big winning streak. I think they've won nine straight. And uh, they have a pretty favorable draw here. And, I mean, I saw them as a favorite. And now I'm seeing Georgia State as the favorite on other books, but I think they should be the favorite. I just think the experienced guard play is going to really pull them through here. They have a really, really good point guard, and I like Texas State. I just think they're going to carry this momentum and continue it in the conference tournament. They're plus 430, by the way, and that is on DraftKings, I believe. <laughs> but, again, shop around and find when you can find the best that because, like I said, I saw them as low as plus 210. So definitely shop around. The only other team I would really consider taking for a value play as well as to win it would be South Alabama. Outside of that, I agree. Texas State's going to get it done. They they have to get it done. This this is a big year for them. So if if they don't get in, it would it would kind of be a really big disappointment with their expectations coming into the year. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I want to say this is the last year. Yeah, this is the last year for Caleb Asbury. They're do-it-all point guard. He's a senior this season, and so it, it does feel like a sense of urgency for them to get it done this year. Their other leading guard, Mason Harrell, is also a senior, so a very senior-laden team. Hopefully, they'll be very, very motivated to go and win this conference tournament. Yeah. Also, a uh, shout-out to Charles Manning, Jr., former LSU Tiger playing on South Alabama, as well as J.J. Chandler, former guard from Texas A&M. What a, what a team. What a team. On to a conference that, you know, at one point, it, it was one of the better low major conferences in the country. I, I, I still think it's a great low major conference. The issue, more or less, is that Murray State has taken a huge rise up. So right now in my bracket, as well as Ben's bracket, Murray State's in. I believe Murray State is in regardless of what happens in this conference. They'll be in regardless. I don't care if they lose their first game. I have Murray State in regardless. This is is one of the the low major conferences that you circle as potential bubble busters for teams that, you know, if you're a UNC, although UNC is not really on the bubble anymore, but like an Indiana or a Michigan or a Michigan State, you're watching this 
conference tournament pretty closely, hoping that Murray wins. Because if Murray wins, then another one of these teams doesn't get that spot. So it's pivotal for the big conferences for Murray to win. Uh, I think that another big- one of those would be the A-10 with Davidson. I think Davidson's a little bit less solid than Murray State, but there's another situation where, you know, if they lose to one of the better teams in their conference tournament, maybe it's not a bad enough loss to kick them out. And then you have a St. Bonaventure or St. Louis or something or Dayton or something like that taking the spot of a, of a bubble team. All right. Well, we need to talk about the A-10 later because I think Dayton might be in too. Yeah, I mean, in this bracket, the other thing about these conference tournaments, the brackets are kind of all over the place as well. (laughs) They're very creative. They're very creative. So in this bracket, we have Murray State and Belmont, the top two teams in the conference, get auto bids to the semifinals. So they will play – Murray will play the winner of Tennessee State and SEMO, while Belmont will play the winner of Tennessee Tech and Moorhead. So Moorhead – should be favored by a lot of points in that game, and they should they should win that game pretty easily. So we should be looking at Belmont Moorhead matchup. Should be a very good game. I think they split their uh their two matchups this year, and then uh Murray State should get a layup into the final. So I mean Murray State is heavily favored by the books. We're looking at minus one seventy five was the lowest I saw, and I I, don't, I see no reason why you shouldn't ride Murray. I think that you should take the juice and just lay it and just take Murray all the way home. I think Belmont probably going to end up beating Moorhead state. I just think they have more shooting and more offense, but then, I mean, if you haven't seen enough of Murray state and Belmont play, I don't know what else you want to see. I mean, two absolute drubbings both times at home and on the road for Murray state. So, I mean, I don't see any other way around it. I think that they're going to win this conference tournament and go into the NCAA tournament with pretty high seed for a mid-major. I agree with all that. If you're looking to make a uh, $10 to win $45 kind of bet or a $10 to win $90 bet, I would say I'd look at Moorhead State in terms of just betting them on the money line against Belmont when when they meet up and potentially betting Moorhead to win the conference tournament. I'd, I'd say that's really the only team who can match up athletically with Murray. Uh, Belmont's proven that they're just not capable of doing that. And I don't really buy the whole, oh, you can't – it's hard to beat a team three times. You beat them twice. There's a reason you just beat them twice and you drummed them both times. So Murray's going to take care of Belmont if they face off again. On to oh, also watch score for this. Uh, do we even do a watch score for the Sun Belt? I can't remember what my watch score for the Sun Belt would be like watch a score. seven. Yeah, I'd give a seven to the Sun Belt. The OVC, I'd put it at four. I just think Murray's just gonna drub two games and it'll just be over with. So, I, I mean, I think you should definitely keep an eye on the final. You know, if it's a close game, maybe going to halftime, you should definitely turn it on. But I think Murray's gonna blow them out yet again. On to the Big South. So we have Longwood at plus 140, Winthrop at plus 200, Gardner-Webb at plus 500, USC Upstate at plus 1,200, Campbell at plus 1,200, High Point at plus 2,500, North Carolina a t at plus 5,000, and Charleston Southern at plus 25,000. 
Yes. Yeah, the so value this... there of Charleston Southern. <laughs> Charleston Southern <laughs> won exactly one conference game the entire year. So uh, I think they're at big odds for a reason. But I mean, when you look at the Big South, it's kind of been long with it. Winthrop all year, you know, Winthrop kind of has more of the pedigree of making some NCAA tournaments. Longwood had a very, very good start to the year. They went a while without ever losing a game in the conference and they kind of struggled on the stretch. So the odds really reflect those two as being the heavy favorites. So I gave it to Longwood, I think is going to win. I think it's going to be a Longwood Winthrop final, which should be a really good game, I think. I they both have great players. You know, Winthrop had the player of the year in the conference and DJ Burns, really dominant big man down low. But I, I just like Longwood's cards, I think, better in this game. Um, I just trust the card play more in some of these tournaments, and I think that they'll double Burns and get the ball out of his hands. And, um, so yeah, so I took Longwood. For the value play, I just liked what I saw at a North Carolina A&T today. They're just a very, very deep team. They're they're really athletic. They keep throwing bodies at you. They shot the ball really, really well today. And there be there were a team I kind of kept my eyes on all year. I watched them play Winthrop this year. They played really, really well. They lost right at the end. They've had some good performances against the better teams in the conference. A lot of games, a lot of close games didn't go their way this year, but they just have a lot of guard play, a lot of depth. And if they keep shooting the ball really well like they did today, uh, there might be a Cinderella story. Yeah, you've been on this North Carolina A&T team since like November, December. You've loved this team all year, so you've their you, coach has really has done a really really good job. I like he's a, he's a younger coach and he's got this team playing really really well and really hard. Yeah, for my for my big win uh, in terms of just team teams that I think would win. Um, I'm going to go with Winthrop just because of the experience. I don't really trust this Longwood team. Maybe that's because every time I've bet them that I've lost. But for for value odds, uh, there's there's no one else in the Big South that I really, really like. Maybe take a flyer at Gardner-Webb at plus 500 or Campbell at plus 1,200. But – Outside of that, I wouldn't. I don't really know if this is if this is the tournament for that kind of behavior. Although well, it is a, March, so who knows? It's March exactly. Uh, the, the one time Longwood and Winthrop played this year, Longwood ninety two to eighty eight, so it was a really close game at Longwood and a lot of scoring. So I think you'll see more of the same. I think you want to keep an eye on maybe the over under. I think it'll be a lot another high scoring game this year. Yeah, uh, watchability, I'd give it a six and a hook. Because that 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 championship game is going to be must watch between if it's Longwood and Winthrop. That's going to be a hell of a game. It's going to be an absolute war. Yeah, and and going on the North Carolina A&T thing again. You know they actually beat Longwood this year. Who they're going to play next in the uh, in the semifinals or the quarterfinals on Friday? And when is that game? It's on Friday. Mm. And then they lost by eight to Winthrop, and they lost by six to Longwood the other time. So they've been competitive in the games against these uh, better teams. But, you know, we'll definitely keep an eye on it. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens in the Bojangles Coliseum in Charlotte, North Carolina here the, the rest of this week. You don't come into the Bojangles Coliseum and get out with a W. That's all. Never, never, never. <laughs> all right. Last conference, MVC. Another conference where 
there's there's some potential for bubble busting. Although if you're Joe Lenardi, maybe you disagree because you're an idiot and you don't value this Loyola team because you're a big dumb dumb. But Loyola's a team that maybe they're in, maybe they're out. So this this conference tournament's pretty pivotal for them because they're not really going to be stacking up too many quad one wins here. Ben, who you got? The only thing that can happen is bad things, I think. And they've they didn't get a good seed in the tournament. They're gonna have to play a pesky Bradley team to start with. I mean, I think they have to at least get to the final, I think, to to guarantee themselves in the tournament. I had them in the last four in in uh my last bracketology earlier this week, and I just think they have work left to do. You know, they had a very, very good start to the season, but they've just taken one too many bad losses. They really let Northern Iowa take control of the conference. They got beat by Drake twice. They lost to Bradley and uh, got beat both times by Northern Iowa. So yeah, they, they went they went 13 and five in the conference and by way of a three-way tie, they're now the fourth seed. Yeah. So they are 22 and seven overall best record in the conference overall but their their net ranking is heavily due to their their non-con and the teams that they played not really their success in and they didn't really beat any of those big teams you know they beat Vanderbilt on the road who I'm pretty sure Vanderbilt has a pretty good NET rating so that's helping them they also beat San Francisco on a neutral court so that's helping them as well but other than that, there's not really anything to write home to mom about. So I, I think just they have work left to do. But if we've looked in the past, Little Chicago has done really, really well in the conference tournament. And I think they'll be really determined to get it done. I don't think they'll trip up to at least the final. I mean, they're going to have to get by this Northern Iowa team who's been great all year. So it's going to be a task, but I still think I would uh, lean towards Williamson and Norris and just the experience. And I think Loyola ends up getting it done. The one team that I would look as in terms of value would be the Drake team, just because of what they did to Loyola both times, they're going to have to end up playing Missouri state in the semifinal. Who's also another really talented team. We talked about at the beginning of the season with their offensive prowess, you know, the last time they played, Missouri State, they lost 66 to 62. And then the other time they lost 61 58. So, not the best results against them. But if they can nip up on Missouri State and they get Loyola Chicago in the final, they just have played really well against them this year. And I don't think there'd be any reason not to like them in that game. I think their guards and their speed matched up really, really well with Loyola Chicago. And they just played really great defense on them. And that's when all of their Louis Chicago struggles when the offense can't get going. So I just think Drake is just good situational matchup for playing Loyola. So that would be my value pick. I'd go with Missouri State at plus 500. Um, Missouri State beat them earlier in the year. Missouri State has also proven that they're one of those teams, you know, like like we love to say, you, you got to have two guys, and they definitely have two guys of Gage Prem and Isaiah Mosley. So I, I actually like Missouri State to to upset them and and win this win this conference tournament. I still think Loyola gets in, but maybe they don't. 
Um, yeah, so so give me Missouri State to win it. Um, but if you're looking for just the favorite and you know a, a team that you're gonna want to bet consistently to just stack some money maybe during the conference tournament, then I'd I'd probably play play uh play Loyola led by Drew Valentine, Denzel Valentine's brother. I just think they they really have to. I think they know at this point that they have to get it done, and I trust their coaching staff and their senior leaders to just get it done. I, I mean, this Bradley team's gonna be really pesky with Terry Roberts, who I was happy to see got uh, some All Conference and some Newcomer of the Year nods from the from the conference office. Very well deserved for Terry Roberts on a great year this year, but you shouldn't get beginning beat by one guy from Bradley like that, and then. They're going to have to find a way past Northern Iowa. I really think that's their winning get-in game. I, I don't see them getting in with losing that game because, like we've talked about, there's going to be bid stealers in some of these conferences. And then some of these bubble teams are going to make runs in their conference tournaments and, and uh, get themselves in. I think VCU and Michigan are some teams to keep an eye on in their conference tournaments who can really solidify themselves in the bracket. Absolutely. Well, we're going to record again tomorrow, cover some more conference tournaments and some more odds, very similar to this. But before we go, Ben, anything for the people? No, that's all I have to say. I will say there's more afternoon basketball on tomorrow to keep your eye on. There is a... Have you made Have you made any of your picks for tomorrow night? No, but I will probably be on this ULL team minus three against UT Arlington tomorrow at eleven thirty, and to start the Sun Belt Championship, there'll be two games in the afternoon at eleven thirty and two in the Sun Belt. Your uh, your South Alabama Panthers or Jaguars? What are they? Jaguars. 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 They're playing a uh, UL Little Rock at two o'clock and so there's two afternoon basketball games for your viewing so you know if you if you, if you have time a lunch work, break you know lunch break you're maybe maybe gym. you're on the west coast maybe you're on the west coast yeah hey, you just wake up you're eating just, some breakfast yeah eating some eating some <laughs> drinking some coffee eating some breakfast and you're yeah, just like check oh, out what, UT what is arlington this? and ull what is this they'll be in yeah. a battle down at the pensacola Bay center for the sunbelt championship how do you not how do you not love this <laughs> uh yeah I, I i got a quick something though i went to see you boulder this weekend i made a comment last week in the pod that i'm not even going really for cu i'm pretty much just going to scout Mathern, look at kirk kreza but the cu boulder team they said fuck you and fuck your money too because, Ben, before I get into the game and what a great atmosphere, worst traffic I have ever seen in my life getting to a game. It was LSU Contraflow getting to a basketball game. I was there 45 minutes early, like basically where like the chimes is essentially for like perspective. Like I could see the stadium. I was there like at at uh like 5 15 i think they, yeah fit, i was around that area like i could see the stadium at 5 15 and i and i didn't see the game until like 6 30 because i got stuck in traffic that bad it was horrible completely awful but that's okay that, that's on me i just have to make it a little bit earlier as for the game itself 
I was very impressed with the CU Boulder team. I got to be honest with you, Ben. Maybe it was just because they played the game of their life, which they they definitely did. But they really hung tough against a damn good Arizona team. And I was really impressed with what they did defensively. They turned Arizona into more of an isolation team, whereas Arizona is a great, great passing team. They lead the nation in assists, and they play a very fast tempo. So they really slowed them down as well as limited their passing ability and just forced them ISO. And I want to give a special shout-out to Tristan Da Silva. He's a sophomore from Munich, Germany. He's 6'9", 220, and he is silky smooth. And he's going to be someone that maybe not this draft cycle, maybe not even next draft cycle, but in two draft cycles – I really think you're going to be hearing about Tristan Da Silva as someone who's really popping on NBA draft radar, as well as really developing into a fine college player. He's going to be someone that I would look for next year as as really taking that leap. He's very smooth in terms of his decisions in the catch and shoot, whether the, whether it's to immediately go up with a great three-pointer or to drive and attack to the rim. He's also very crafty around the basket. Even when he's getting contact made, he's able to finish, whether that's with a dunk or with a layup. And I was very impressed with his defense ability. He showed great instincts, whether he was – you know, kind of in help defense, and he sees someone making the role. He was able to cut in and get a couple steals like that. I was very impressed with him. And then I got to give a shout out to the big, to the big fella, the senior leader, Evan Beatty. The crowd, the student section, they love Evan Beatty. They were chanting his name. They're chanting MVP Adam. I loved it. And for the second game in a row, Ben, a lot of people don't like to talk about this. You know. There's some murmurs about storm chasers, the real storm chasers, me, because I went, I went to the CSU game and they stormed the court after they beat Wyoming. I go to the CU Boulder game and they stormed the court after they beat, after they beat uh, Arizona. So who's the real storm chaser? I don't know. It's still up for debate. The people are talking. I went two in a row. The, the frauds went two in a row. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see what it is. But it was, it was really cool to, to, see, to see the students storm the court and to just see the passion. I was also seated in the Arizona section. Very nice people. Definitely know their basketball, but not fond of sitting at basketball games, which I didn't mind. So, Yeah, Arizona played pretty bad in that game, but they bounced back in a Big, big way last night at USC. Just an unbelievable performance from start to finish. The score was 91 to 71, and that score looks a lot better than it actually was. They were up by around 30 the entire game, and this Arizona team, I think, has been one of the best stories in college basketball this year and should be one of the national title favorites in my eyes. You said they lead the nation in assists. They have so many shooters. When Kirk Creesa has it going shooting, they're almost unstoppable because then they have three to four shooters on the floor at a time, plus Coloco down low. A very, very good basketball team. Well, that's all I got. Folks, we'll see you tomorrow, same time as always, in your inbox in the morning for your morning commute. All right, that's it. See ya.